to the Duty Shall Be Done Old Grad Podcast, where we feature unscripted interviews with graduates of the United States Military Academy Class of 1991. The Duty Shall Be Done Old Grad Podcast with your host, Jamie Schleck, starts now. All right, we're live again here at the Old Grad Podcast. This is episode number four. And I'm your host, Jamie Schleck, and I'm coming here from, uh, from Boundbrook, New Jersey, in the studio. And we have on the phone with us uh, Monique Washington, who is uh, our, one of our esteemed classmates from Company F2. Monique, are you there? Yes, sir. All right. Hey. Welcome to hey. the Old Grad Podcast. Thank you. Such an, awesome, such an awesome treat to have you on this call. So did you get a chance to listen to some of the other podcasts that we've done? I have. I've either listened to them or listened in if I wasn't working. So I, I know that you mentioned if you're not working because you work uh, a lot of night shifts. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a chance to read. I found I, I got a bio here that I think was written either by you or by somebody talking about your uh, yeah. your background. So let let me just go ahead and read this, and then we'll go right into uh, talking talking about your career and your life uh, following West Point. So although nursing is not my first career, it is my first love. I served my country as a soldier, and now as a community, and now my community as a nurse. I was a cardiac progressive care charge nurse at Texas Health Resources in Fort Worth for about three years. Now I am a VA acute med surgical nurse at Dallas North Texas, Virginia. I have a 2013 BSN from University of Texas at Arlington, and currently enrolled in a family nurse practitioner program. I have a board certification in medical surgical nursing. I hail from a family of nurses. Grandma was a medical surgical, mom was pediatrics, dad was an OB, brother psych nurse, cousin is OR, niece with graduate, niece will graduate in May with OD, from ODU with a BSN. A military brat to be prou- of proud Army nurses. I began my my career as a cadet at the U.S. Military Academy at West Point uh, after going to the prep school. In graduating in 1991 with a degree in mathematical economics, I served in the Army as a logistics officer. After receiving a master's in human resources, I transitioned to corporate America and eventually became a senior project manager at TXU. I continued on in the Army Reserves. My military unit was mobilized for about five years, five years to support Operation Iraqi Freedom and Enduring Iraqi Freedom and Enduring Freedom. I volunteered to cross-train as a medical operations officer to care for injured or ill service member and women, and this inspired me to join the family business of caring after completing my military obligation. So um, that is a very uh, storied and esteemed career, Monique, and um, I'm so proud to be able to call you my classmate and my friend and so happy that you continue to serve uh, as, a, as a nurse. Um, so, Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm psyched to have you, and um, you and I... We go back a long way because I think we were, you were in F2, the zoo, and I was in F1, so we got a chance to do a lot of things together, right? Way back in the day. Yeah. I think um, not only did we, of course we were in Beast Barracks together, but we also were in Cadre together as, uh, and, uh, as cows uh, junior year with the incoming plebe class. So we got to be squad yeah. leaders, and that was a good time. Second, was it second? term beef barracks is what what they call it i think so second detail i think is what they called it a second detail okay. beef barracks yeah so that was a lot of fun did you find <laughs> did you find um 
when you got to be a, an upperclassman, did you find yourself like, like kind of hazing cadets, like the same way that you got hazed as a, as a plebe or like, what, what was it like for you? No, I wasn't a big haze. I was more of a jokester. I was a smart aleck. Um, pretty much, but no, I, I, I try not to haze people. You and I got a chance to talk a little bit this afternoon, just to kind of on a pre-call. I was mentioning that I don't, I don't think I haze too many people either. But there was one time during Beast Barracks when you and I were, when you and I were doing that, that I hazed this kid, and he started to cry, and I felt so terrible. I've never, I've, I never really cared much to haze anybody after that. So I was like, oh, what a, what a jerk I was to do that. <laughs> Yeah, they were they were just babies trying to figure their way out. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of babies, you know, you and I opened up the howitzer today, looking at some of the pictures of our classmates from Company F two, and you made a remark too. You said, "Look at these guys; they're babies." <laughs> yeah, we were so young. Yeah, I think we're that still was young. Like almost 30, that was thirty years ago. I know. Thirty-two years ago. But how do you know for <sighs> sure how many times Earth has revolved around the sun? I mean, for 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 real. I mean, it's just. Age is nothing but a number, you know? Yeah, you're right, because I don't feel like I'm 50. Um, I still feel like the same me. Speaking of age, you know, I did my, I'm looking at Joe here. Joe is a, Joe's the guy that, run, that runs and owns Dreamstream Radio, and, he, and he's in the background. But, you know, I did my football game. I played against the cadets in the right. football game. So it was I good. I saw that. Yeah. How did it go? It went all right. You know, I, I was... You know, I was not on the sprint football team at West Point because right. I was too big and I wasn't good enough to play for the big boys team. So I played intramural, but I love football. I always play. I played in high school and I always love football. But th- there's like this kind of like they're the guys that were on that team and they're all playing together. And then I'm kind of like an outsider. So I kind of I got to play a couple downs and then all of a sudden everybody else is going in like ahead of me. And, but right. but I mean, I. My son was like, why weren't you getting in there for more plays? The bottom line was I got in for like the first 10 plays. They said, if you've never done this before, you got to do this. I got in for the first 10 plays. And basically this kid ran into me and I got like a quote unquote tackle, you know, which was caught on film. My son caught it. So I was like, you know what? I'm number one. This has been a blast. Number two, I'm not injured. Right. right. And number three, I got to drive home and, you know, like I, I got it on film. <laughs> so I should just quit while I'm ahead, yeah, you know, before you break a bone. But I'll tell you what, when I came off that field, I felt like I was 10 feet tall. I mean, I just felt like it was the best thing, the best thing going. But while you were playing, did you feel like you were in your... No, early twenties. No, no, no. no, no. Okay, so I was a, my heart was beating. Yeah, I was there's like, a big like, oh my difference. God. Yeah, but you know yeah. these kids are so, there's so much. So I think the most they can weigh is 190 pounds. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so you know I had I had a few pounds on them, but yeah. I uh, it was it was still fine. I did I did manage to hurt my shoulder a little bit, which took about a couple weeks to heal. But it was a it was a good time. So, mm-hmm. but Monique, you're 50, huh? I'm not 50 yet. You 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 are you no. crossed. I'm January of '68, so but I have a 2018 paint job. So. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, this is a big year for a, for a lot of us, you know. So, yeah. hey, you know, did you yeah, see? Ingr- oh, good. Ingrid just turned 50 on August 22nd. I know. I saw that awesome video that they did, the family video with all them <laughs> dancing and all that. That was cute. Yeah, that's very cute. That would not happen with the Schleich family. Uh, we're, we're nowhere, we're nowhere near as cool as, as the, uh, Dawkins family. Um, nah, she, that was, that was fun. Though. That was cool that she, that, that she did that. And Ingrid, so you and Ingrid go way, way back, right? So t- tell me the story about when you first met Ingrid. Uh, 
Let's see. I met Ingrid in June of 1986. We were at prep school. We went to prep school together, and um, we were we were in Charlie Company. So of course we had, you know, Kevin Tohill was in Charlie Company, Craig Romanowski, Anthony Noto. I mean, you know, we had a lot of esteemed people in Charlie Company, and me and her were roommates. And I think the first time I met her, she was getting yelled at by a drill sergeant. You guys both came in out of high school, right? Into the prep yes. school. So neither. I mean, yes. now. You are a military brat, so you had some indoctrination into the military. Ingrid, I don't think she was, right? She came straight out of uh, New Jersey. Like, Newark, yeah, straight out of Newark. <laughs> straight out of Newark. So, so how was that? I mean, so, so how was that experience? You guys show up. Uh, well, I mean, what the, the prep school is not that much of a haze, though, right? I mean, they're, they're kind of there to help you. Yeah, yeah. Initially, it was. We had drill sergeants and all that, and um, and um, me and Ingrid. I don't know, we are like symbiotic, but not like individually. We are so brilliant. But when we get around each other, it's like Tweedledum and Tweedledum. We just let our hair down and just live life. And then fun happens, mm-hmm. insurmountable fun. We just laugh the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's like there's no adult supervision. And that's how it was at prep school. We would end up doing something, being late, getting in trouble. Then we were out there shoveling snow. I mean, all, if she did something... We both got in trouble. If I did it, then we, you know, we just stayed. We stayed laughing, that's for sure. Yeah. Now, now <laughs> you came You came to prep school from El Paso. You're a military brat. Your father was, yes. uh, was an E-8, uh, a retired yes. E-8. And so, but yes. you, you, did you spend most of your time, like, in warmer climates? Was, like, was, was coming to New Jersey, like, a big shock to you? Um, no, because... Um, my family was originally from Chicago. Both my mom and dad are. Okay. So that's, you know, that's my honorary home. That's what I consider home because that's, you know, where my family lives. So, no, I was kind of used to the cold. What I wasn't used to was those turnabouts, those left turns when you drive. Oh, right, right, right. The uh, roundabouts. Roundabouts. Uh, no, the uh, yeah, jug handles. Jug handle turns. Oh, and, oh yeah. Right, yeah. Right, Not yeah. the roundabouts. Right, jug yeah. handles, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was the only thing I wasn't sure what was going on with that. I remember I, I had a girlfriend in high school who just moved out here from Michigan, and she had no idea what the hell. She was driving down the road and just banged a left-hand turn, like, right on, 20, right on Route 22. Yeah. <laughs> You're used to those suicide lanes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> crazy. I was actually, the irony of it is I went to prep school at Fort Monmouth, and I was actually born at Fort Monmouth at Patterson Hospital. Wow. How about that? Yep, so I ended up right back where I started. Wow. And so it... You are now where? Where where you, where you live? I live in a place called Kennedale, Texas. It's right by Arlington and Fort Worth, side of Dallas, Fort Worth, and Texas. Okay. You said to me like you live kind of out in the sticks, right? Like you're not... Uh... Yeah, that was a mistake. I didn't really do good research there. But no? um, yeah, I live... I, oh, no, no, no. Um, it's really country here. Um, and not a lot of diversity, so I... I, I just had my criteria, told what I told the uh, real estate agent what I wanted, and I didn't, you know, I didn't think all that through. But I do like it here. I mean, I'm used to it now. One of the um, things, one of the things that I read, and by the way, we didn't even talk about this on the pre-call, but I just was doing some, you know, reading of different things, and I happened to notice, I happened to come across our classmate, uh, Melin Shatton, Melin Brewster Shatton. Oh, I love her. Yeah, she's yeah. the best, isn't she? I didn't know her that well, but I know, I actually know her older brother, and um, and I, I read her, she's got like this beautifully written blog. She's like a, 
super smart person like in terms of the the cerebral horsepower is evident from her writing because she's super smart and yeah, the she wrote yeah yeah, I, yeah. The the tree, I think it's called the treehouse letter <laughs> treehouseletter.org or yeah. something right yeah and so she uh-huh. was writing about our 25th reunion and she was writing about an experience with you did, I, uh-huh. did you read that that, that her I, did, I did i did read it which one because me and her had a which which instance did she share when i was walking down my neighborhood when you had, well, there's that. And so you mentioned how there's not very much diversity in your neighborhood. And then also the fact yeah. that y- you're packing heat every once in a while, huh? You're a card carrying member no, of the, all, N- the all, all the time. I am, I do. Yes. I'm a, I am a lifetime member of the NRA and, um, I, I, I like to make sure I go to the range and keep my little friend on me at all times. <laughs> so you don't mess around. <laughs> I hope I don't have to. No, that's right. I hope I don't have to. Say hello to my little friend. <laughs> <laughs> so that's yeah. that's what so that's what she was writing about. She said like basically the police came and questioned you, like, how many guns do you have in the house and you know, what's what's the story? Yeah, they did. Well this was one there's it's they're they're used to me now, so none of this happens anymore. But um, there was some people outside in my backyard, so I called the police because I was like, oh, that's suspicious. So I call them. They come, and I see them through my window shaking the guy's hands, and I'm like, okay, who are these people in my backyard? So I tell the 911 operator, can you have the cop come and tell me what's going on in my backyard? So the cop comes, and then he pulls caddy corner into my yard, not like in my driveway, but caddy corner. Like tactical, you know how you do tactical, like right, right, stop, stop right, right. And I'm like, what? I'm not gonna, you know, I was kind of suspicious the way he parked, like as if he needed to like duck behind his car. So he gets out and he pops his, you know how he pops the, the thing on his weapon and puts his hand on his revolver. Right. And I'm like, and so at this point I'm like, what is really going on here? And then so I said, hey, you know, I introduced myself. I'm still in scrubs because I was on call. Um, in case someone had a heart attack. And I said, hey, dude, what's going on? Why are you parked tactical? Why do you have your hand on your weapon? And he said, well, you know, we have to be safe at all times. I'm like, but I just looked at you through the window. You didn't do that to those guys. <laughs> and then he said, well, anyways, you know, and you start asking questions. And I said, no, 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 I called you. So I'm asking the questions here. Who is behind my backyard and what are they doing? And then you told me a transformer went out and, they didn't have a marked vehicle because, you know, they were contracted from Encore. And I was like, okay, well, thank you. You have a nice night. He said, well, no, I'm not done. And he whipped out a little pad and started asking these questions. Can I get your ID? I said, no, you cannot. He said, well, um, I see you have a military, because my truck was outside my garage because I was on call. <clears throat> he said, well, I see you have a military sticker. Do you own weapons? I was like, again, that's not your business. I said, thank you so much for checking on what was going on in my backyard, but I'm doing my home now. And he was like, no, 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 I really need to finish asking these questions. Are your guns registered? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, dude, good night. <laughs> that was a weird conversation to me. Why do you want to know? Why do you want to see my ID? Why do you want to know if I have weapons? Why do you want to know if they're registered? That's not relevant. Because, you know, I have an NRA sticker on my truck. Right. And I guess there's people who have an NRA sticker. They probably, you know, most people that had it probably have weapons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he probably guessed correct, but it's still not in his business. So when you're doing the rounds, politically correct. When you're when you're working with your patients, you're doing the rounds. Are you packing heat? Like, do you have like a little like ankle holster or something? No, no, you can't. Negative. We're not allowed to carry weapons on the Uh, on the campus. Oh, okay. We're not allowed to. Okay. 
That's but great. we do go to training to protect ourselves because nurses get attacked at a at an astronomical rate while they're on the job. I bet. So in order to so in order to work in the area I work in, it's you know it's called critical any critical care. You have to master like what is it six takedowns and five holds. And you have to get certified by like a state trainer. And if you don't, they don't allow you on the floor because your life could be at risk. Wow. So, you know, so here, here's where the, the, we have we have all we have all the people commenting here. We got a few little comments back and oh, forth comment. here. We got Ingrid right. saying she needed it at once when somebody tried to abduct her while she was on a run. Well, tell me about that story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was <laughs> That was not funny, Ingrid. Um, so I was walking, you know, I was doing, a, doing my exercise, and it was um, Super Bowl. So, you know, no one was outside but me. And I'm just doing my little thing, running, running, and then this guy pulls up to me, and he says to me, he said, hey, your mom told me to come get you and bring you to her right now. And I'm looking behind my shoulder. I'm looking around, so I'm like, I'm a full-grown woman. I know my mom, you know, first of all, my mom doesn't live here, is right. what I'm thinking. And I'm on the phone with my mom at the time. So I say, hey, mom, hang up and call 911. I'm on the corner of Glenbrook and Robinson in Grand Prairie, Texas. Just hang up and call the police. You know, that's what I told her. And she's yelling and screaming, oh, my God. You know, because she could hear him. This was before she was sick. She could hear the guy talking to me. Right. And, you know, and obviously she didn't tell no one to come pick me up. So now she's scared. So the guy, he gets out the car. Um, he starts getting out the car. And then I always carry my, okay. I, I have a little backpack, mm -hmm. a very small backpack. Mm -hmm. I carry it in the front instead of the back, and I keep my weapon inside when I'm running or walking mm -hmm. um, so I can grab it quick. <clears throat> and so I grabbed it, and I, you know, I pointed at him, and I said, if you take one more step, I will fire. I will. And he jumped in the car and took off down the street, and I, the police came, and they tried to catch him. And they, I don't know if they caught him or not, but they took me to the police station. I had to fill out all this stuff and ID and... That is awesome. So, Joe, you. But I'm flattered he thought I was a little girl. I yeah. Mean, you know, Joe's I'm trying flattered. to picture you. Because Joe, Joe's never met you, right? So, so right. How, how, how tall are you, Monique? Oh, Lord. <laughs> I, I claim 5'3. So, so, she claims 5'3. Five, 5'3. Five, three. Three. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, she's, she, she's, a, she's, she's, she's not, nobody mess around with her. I'll right. tell you what. No way you're going to mess around <laughs> I got a Napoleon. I got a Napoleon complex. <laughs> for sure. Uh, well, I'm curious to know how the police treated you since you drew your, your, your firearm. How did oh, I'll tell you exactly what he told me. The Grand Perry police in Texas said to me, why didn't you shoot him? Ah, uh, see, because Texas. Texas, it's, well, a, it, it's a totally different country in Let's, aside from the rest of the United States yeah. when it comes he to firearms. Me, he asked me why. He said, you're armed. You had a weapon. Why didn't you drop him? And I'm looking at the cop like, what? what? <laughs> why didn't you drop I, lo well, I love that. You know what? You that. know what? You can always tell also, I think, like, she doesn't refer to this as a gun. This is right. a, weapon, a weapon, right? And like, right. like, that's kind of, like, I've noticed that that's one of the things, like, when you talk to military people, they never, they never use the term gun. They always Correct. use weapon. Yeah, so... Cause, yeah, because yeah, it's true. It's a weapon. But yeah, he definitely asked me why I didn't shoot the guy. That was his only question. Now, if that would have happened, I mean, he, if, that, if that would have happened mm -hmm. here in New Jersey, well, just completely, or any other state, Texas is completely different. You would have been treated completely yeah. differently. 
What do you mean? Well, as far as defending yourself, if you would have been in a state where you can carry, such as North Carolina. Yeah, you know, uh, New you Jersey CCP, is very, is very New anti-gun. Jer- yeah, yeah, New very- Jersey will be one of the last states mm-hmm. to... But, uh, but, you know, I mean, not. I don't want to get all political here. Yeah, like, yeah. But, 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 but okay. I mean, there's also a big difference, though, because in New Jersey, you dial 911, and the cops are there, like, in five minutes. Yeah. You know, and you're in yeah, Texas. Yeah, they're quick. Yeah, you're in Texas, you can wait you know, a long time, like 20, 25 minutes. So you, you need to arm yourself there. It's like, I tell, I tell all my, all my sort of anti-gun, you know, friends, like you got to understand there are, there are big differences across this country. So, but one of the things we're trying to avoid in the, in the old grad podcast is becoming too political. Right, so I don't yeah. I, I want to steer clear. No, I'm just being in yeah. general, you know, the difference from state to state, she would have been treated much differently in other states. Right. But I think that's... Oh, no doubt. I lo- that I'm locked in cops. I, I, yeah, I love it that, uh, she, that what the response to her was. That, that's great. And that's how she'll be across the country, in my, in my opinion. But. So we have a request here from Jeff Simpson that uh, we want to we hear about uh, how you were starring in the role of Biker Boys. <laughs> but before we get... All right, this sounds like this is a good story here. So before we get there... We, we're going to take, take just a, a okay, quick second. We're going to take, take a quick second for a, like a station identification or just to sort of talk about the old grad podcast. So this is our, okay. if, you're, if you're, so we're going to put a, put a pin in that. We're going to come back to it. But right now uh, I want to just reintroduce the concept of the old, of the old grad podcast. This is our fourth episode and uh, it has been well received. And we have really four objectives with the Old Grab Podcast. Number one is to have continued fostered connections be- among our classmates. You know, we, ch- we tend to get together every five years for reunions. It never seems to be enough time. And there's just so many beautiful relationships that we were a part of. And we just, we want to be able to have a way to stay connected. Um, number two, we want to remember our fallen classmates. You know, there are 24 of us who have passed uh, out of this, um, have passed away and, and have um, moved on into the, into the ever after. And we want to make sure that we recognize our classmates and remember them. Uh, we also want to have uh, a closer connection to the activities of West Point and to specifically increase awareness around our class giving goals. And that's one of the, that's the main reason why we started this podcast is because we're coming up on our 30th reunion and we have a goal of raising money for the Army Cyber Institute chair. And we have a secondary goal besides just raising money. We want to be considered the most generous class in academy history as measured by class participation. And so we have made great strides in the last year. We've moved from a 43% participation rate to about a 55% participation rate right now. We continue to sort of amp up our game. I'm mostly interested, of course, I want to get donations from anybody, but I'm mostly interested in getting donations from people who have not given before. Um, If we can get to a 91% participation rate, that would be the highest in Academy history. Uh, And so we're really excited about trying to utilize this medium to be able to drive more donations. Um, And and, uh, by the way, we have one company who is now at 100% participation rate. That is company F1, your sister company, Monique. Uh, company F1, which is, happens to be my company. Um, we, had one last, we had one last holdout who, who signed a check, you know, basically gave money, was not aware that, uh, that we were trying to raise money for the 33 union. We got him back in the fold with AOG, and, uh, and so we are at 100% participation rate. And finally, the last thing is we want to celebrate the accomplishments of our fellow classmates, and we're needed to lift each other up. And on that lift each other up um, note, 
uh, I just want to make a, um, I want to recognize and, and uh, call out that the Anthony Noto this past week uh, announced that his brother passed away. And so our heart goes out to the Noto family. Anthony, you're in our prayers, and, uh, and we will be thinking about you and, and your brother. And we're very, very sorry for your loss. And, um, and so that is something that uh, is part of the reason for this podcast. And, uh, and then also, we want to recognize uh, great accomplishments. And this past, I mean, within the last three weeks, there has been a new list that's been posted for the general officer list. And so we have several classmates who are on it. Um, I know that uh, I saw that Todd Wasman is on that list, and uh, Greg Brady is on, uh, Brady's on that list, and Greg Anderson's on that list. And I think one or two others, and maybe if those people, if those people are known, we can just maybe uh, pepper that into the, into the uh, comments feed on this podcast. So, um, so, so that's that's the purpose of this podcast. So, so Monique, let's let's go back here. Tell me about this biker boys role that you had. What what is this? What is this supposed to mean? Well, thank you first, Jeff Simpson, for putting me on blast. Um, so I have not only a affinity and love of weapons, but I also love motorcycles. And until recently, that's all I rode was I had a Honda CBR double R racing bike and I had a spider, you know, the spider two in the front, one in the back. And I was the state secretary for Rough Riders, which is a, um, it's a motorcycle. They call it a gang, but it's not. It's a motorcycle organization that starred in Biker Boys. Um, so, and they're known for partying and wilding out like I was the fool on the bike doing sketches, windows, willies. I got close to $8,000 worth of tickets on my motorcycle oh my for God. going over like a ball 65. She's such a badass. Yeah, no. she is so, you are such yeah. a badass. No, I got, I ended up doing a rolling roadblock to get me to stop. I, I lived in Dallas. I was stationed at Fort Hood. I was coming back to Dallas. I don't see well at night, so I was going like a ball 70 to make it before it got dark. Cop tried to pull me over. I was like, man, you're a punk. I can outrun you. You know, you were. <laughs> oh, my so God. I did. Are you kidding me? I did. I, I never stopped for cops. I'm not proud of this. I don't recommend that. I don't endorse that. But I don't stop for cops. I'm so I, so when I saw them, the, you know, red and blues hit, I was like, all right, let's do this. Drop it. You know, drop the, drop the clutch. Took off, weaved in and out of traffic, lost him. Lost him like six counties back. Well, he called his buddies. He cheated. He cheated. He radioed ahead. And so they had a rolling roadblock waiting for me. So there were four cops. One was in front of me, two were on the side of me, one was in back. So that way they can safely bring me to a stop without me, you know, without hurting me. You know what I'm saying? Because I wasn't going to run into the cop. So I couldn't go left or right. And I couldn't do anything because there were four cops, and they boxed me in and brought me. It's called a rolling roadblock. Oh my god! Wait, 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 wait! Yeah. Hold on, hold on a second. You're going, you mentioned Fort Hood, so you were still on active duty when this happened. Well, I was mobilized. That's when I got mobilized for those five years, and that's where they sent me to the hood. To the hood. Okay. <laughs> so what happened? Yeah, you get like a big ass ticket for that, or what? What, what happened? Wow! Yeah, yeah. So when they finally pulled me over. At this point, I'm going so fast, they don't realize my bike is pink and silver. So they don't realize I'm a girl. Mm -hmm. All they know is this person is going a ball 70, right? That's, and then so when, I, when I, they get out the vehicles, they run. One cop grabs the key out of my bike, and the other cop grabs me physically. And when he, when he grabs me, he yells an expletive. He's like, and I'll 
substitute. He says, oh, crap, it's a girl. Because when he grabbed me, he, you know, he, he yanked me off the bike and went backwards. He wasn't expecting me to be light because I uh. guess he thought it was a dude. So when he grabbed me, me and him both went backwards and tumbled down the hill because he wasn't, he was expecting I suggest wait. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. He wasn't expecting me to just come off the bike that easily. Yeah. And that's when he yelled, oh, crap, it's a girl. And then the other guy's like, it's a what? And the one guy's like, yeah, it's a female. And then so they're standing there talking about me being the girl. And the guy gets up, does his stuff off, and he looks at me. And he said, take your helmet off. He's like, you're a girl. And I'm sitting there, okay, you know, at this point, I'm like, okay, what are we going to do? And then he said, you know, this is felony driving. We're going to have to arrest you. I'm sorry to stop. He lifts this whole litany of, like, offenses I had. He said, what do you think about that? I said, that's not going to work. I said, I don't look good in orange. That washes me out. <laughs> I said, so I don't do jail or any of that. So what's plan B? And he said, there's no damn plan B. You don't negotiate with cops. I'm like, no, 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 no. But I do. I do. Because I don't do jail. And plus... I can't explain to my battalion commander why I'm in jail. And then they looked at my bike. They said, oh, you got a sticker on there. They said, hey, we're all, we all just got off active duty. We all just redeployed. We were all got out, became cops. We got you. We're not going to arrest you. And then, um, so when they decided to let me go by then, the state trooper showed up, the one uh -oh. that I left like six miles back, 60 miles back. <laughs> so he made them detain me until he got there. And then he told them, you guys better arrest her. And they said, no, we're not going to do that. You know, she, you know, she doesn't want to be arrested. And the, State troopers like, what the hell you mean she doesn't want to be arrested? <laughs> so the state troopers, they don't like to arrest because, you know, it's a whole litany of paperwork for them. That's why they call the local boys to do it. Uh. And so the local, yeah, so the local boys wouldn't do it. And then so they got in their cars and left. And then the state troopers yelling at me, screaming. And then he's like, well, what the hell am I going to do with you? And I'm like, well, you can just give me some tickets and let me go home. <laughs> so he literally he wrote enough tickets he gave me enough tickets it was almost a small roll of toilet paper wow. and I had yeah it was like $5,100 worth of tickets I got <gasps> so wait, 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 did you have USA insurance at the time I did and no 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 I had, uh, I had Geico I had Geico, Geico. okay because I, I got into a little bit of trouble with the law uh, with, with a little speeding back up and down on Route 95 back in the day and uh, I, all my tickets were out of state. So I was like, oh, you know, like Virginia, Maryland, Delaware, like all going up and down the eastern seaboard. And I was like, I'm good to go. Like, you know, nothing's going to track back to, you know, where my home right. where my home state was. I didn't have a single ticket in New Jersey. I got a registered letter from USAA. Like, you are no longer insured by USAA as of midnight tonight. You are, you are off the road. So... <laughs> Okay, Jamie, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yeah. No, no, oh, no, no, it doesn't count. No, are you kidding me? I'm not trying to one-up you. I, please, please. <laughs> I'll put my hands where you can see them. I didn't get fired by my insurance company. I didn't get fired by my insurance company. Well, it took me about four years to get back in USA's good graces. and I, was I just want to ask something here. Mo Monique, when this incident happened on the bike, now, I also, I think her, her middle name should be appropriately uh, uh, tagged as Thrill Seeker. Just from these stories that I'm hearing, but yeah, what, that's true. what? How old were you when this when this happened? Okay, this is really embarrassing. So this was in 2000. Oh, Ingrid, do you remember? Oh, it had to be in 2006 or seven. So it was only ten years ago. So I was like 41, 42. 41, 42, and she's doing yeah. 
How, what'd she say? A hundred and seventy? She was. Did the, you say one seventy? You said a ball seventy. Yeah, a ball seventy. Yeah, that's, is that like one yeah, seventy for like? It's like badass yeah. speak for like one seventy. One hundred and seventy yeah. miles. How, I have to ask her. How yeah. did you stay on the bike? No, I listen. I've taken. I mean, I, 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 I can't go that fast. I that's mean, I've been fast. on. My, I've driven. I've ridden motorcycle. I, I've been up there a buck and a quarter, but one seventy. One seventy. What you do? You just got to tuck in, keep your head yeah. down, and because you're white mining. That's all you you know what do. happens is that. Yeah, that line, that, you know, the line that's dotted in between cars, mm-hmm. you, it's going to turn into one solid line. That's it. And you can't look left or right, because wherever you look is where that bike's going to go. That's when you're it. going too fast. It's oh dangerous. You just got to stay the course. Oh, my God. And so and then now, now here comes... <laughs> here comes the base jumping story next. No, no, no. Right? no. He, how, about, how about the fact that she's putting pick lines and IVs and yeah. freaking... Um, <laughs> What's that called? Catheters. Catheter. Oh. <laughs> you want to get a catheter from her? No. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, I, I like to have fun. Life is short. Yeah. And you know what? Speaking of funny, guess who I started riding bikes with back in prep school? Who was that? Scott. Scott Clemenson? Yes. Our class president? Yes. Very nice. He's actually going to be our next guest on the Old Grad Podcast, so we'll have to <laughs> we'll have to hear his stories about that. So, speaking about other other um, other prepsters, uh, you were mentioning that Andy Clements was somebody that was like in your in your company or your your close group. Yeah. There. A- Andy. So he was an infantry guy. We were tra- we were trying to figure this out on the last podcast i'm pretty sure he was like a bat boy here he was definitely an infantry guy and he was he was yeah. uh, somebody who was very very helpful to you you said right yeah when we were at what was that called when we went in the summer during our junior year our, our buckner buckner you don't you don't remember my oh my god okay oh, it's, all that, it's, all, it's all that 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 uh riding down the road 170 miles an hour probably <laughs> messes your brain up a little bit or something camp buckner yeah yeah, he helped me out at Camp Buckner during that thing called Infantry Week. You remember Infantry Week? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, he was. I uh, cringe. I cringe just thinking of it again. Yeah, he was. He was a good guy. He was a good guy. He was. A, he was in my Buckner platoon actually. So I don't think you. I know you were not in my Buckner platoon. What what company were you? No, in I Buckner? wasn't in your Buckner platoon. So I don't know what it was that we did that he helped me with. But I know it was infantry, and he helped me do something. And so did the other guy, Rick. Uh, Rick. Rick, he was at prior service to Rick. A lot, a lot of Ricks. Rick Yoder? No. Oh, no, not Rick Yoder. Crawford. Okay. Yeah, he was nice. So you, we had a lot of really nice guys that helped us when we were doing, I think when the ladies were doing stuff infantry-related because they, you know, were very, you know, outdoor-focused people, and we probably weren't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those were some good times. I'm just trying to think about. So, what company were you in when you were in Buckner? Do you remember? Hold on. Always seen, never heard. Silent Death, the Mighty Third, Third Company. <laughs> you remember the motto, but not not the name of Buckner, huh? Third Company. <laughs> There's some things I think I wanted to forget, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah, I was in third. Was it third? It was called Third Company, right? Third company, the number, yeah. The yeah. There's like seven yeah, or eight yeah. companies there. Yeah, there's, I think there's yeah. eight. There's eight companies. I was just. Which were you in? I was in uh, fourth company, the mighty mighty fourth. fourth. Company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I think we must have done our infantry weeks together then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's possible. For me to. Yeah. So, 
so let's let's get back to present day here. So you are now a nurse, continuing to serve, continuing to serve our our society, but also our veterans because you work for the VA hospital, right? I do, and I love it. Yeah. So most. So tell me, like, so your critical care, like, like your, like, what, wh- who's, who are you basically serving? What's the patient base like? Well, I'm no longer critical care because I'm I'm not at Texas Health anymore, so I'm now on an acute med search floor. Mm-hmm. So the people I deal with, most unfortunate, it's sad, most of the people I deal with have like PTSD, they're in with drug withdrawal, alcohol withdrawal, cirrhosis, kidney failure, hepatitis, um, cancer. I mean, our vets have a lot of unique um, comorbidities that are really centered in that, you know, around that population. And you can tell, I can look at their chart and never even look at their age. And I can almost tell if they're from the Vietnam era, if they're from Iraqi freedom, if they're from Korea. I mean, just because of the way they present, it's really, you could tell it's really cohort specific, you know? <clears throat> tell me more about that. Like, how could you tell like an Iraqi freedom, somebody versus Vietnam? So for my, unfortunately, and I got to be careful because of HIPAA, you know, so, right. so if I don't say them, you're like my daughter. Why so I'm being, yeah, I'm being very general. So it tends to be for the newer vets. I won't name a uh, organization for the newer vets. I can look on their chart and I'll see a lot of psych meds. Mm. You know, you'll see the olanzapines, you'll see the sertretulines, you'll see the, you know, you'll see a bunch of psych meds and then you'll see a bunch of like mental health consults, meaning that they've gone through the PTSD program most likely. Because if you think about it, the younger vets have been, we've been at war technically since 2001, mm-hmm. and this is 2018. So these jokers, unfortunately, have seen, in their, in their 20 years of service, they've probably seen anywhere from 10 to 15 years of combat. So they're a very unique population. Mm-hmm. They're dealing with a lot. Are you saying- there's a high suicide, there's a high suicide attempt rate with them. Yeah. That's challenging. I mean, I, like, you know, there's there's some crossover to my own work in homelessness because I work with, you know, I, I don't work specifically with veterans who are experiencing homelessness. We work with the systems that serve the veterans who are experiencing homelessness. And, and one of the things that I'm happy to say is that, um, you know, a lot of the post-911 veterans are not experiencing homelessness, at least not yet, not in the proportion that we saw post-Vietnam. Uh, and I think it's in large part due to the fact to the proactive way that the VA is handling those types of situations. Um, so, um, so anyway, I think that's, that's kind of a, a, a better trend, but let, you know, we're, we're in a little bit of a darker place. I want I want to move back to the, to the happier place, you know, like, uh, yeah, the, so yeah. So I like happy. Yeah. Happy's good. Happy's good. So tell me, so tell me about your family is, is, is a, is a family of nurses, right? So, so tell me about, yes. tell me about who's doing what. Um, well, my dad is deceased, but he was a, he was an acute med surgeon nurse too. And he did OB, so he delivered babies. Um, and that's ironic because when he did deliveries of babies, <clears throat> men weren't allowed in the delivery room for their own kids, but that's what he did for a living. And, um, my mother was a, a med surgeon nurse who then became a pediatric nurse. So she took care of the little babies for 44 years. Wow. And then my brother, my brother's a psych nurse, so he deals with the, uh, the challenging, you know, the mental people have mental health um, challenges in our country. He's in San Francisco. And then my niece, Alexis, is finishing up at OD, <clears throat> Old Dominion University. She just got evacuated the other day because of Miss Florence is trying to act a fool. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so she's finishing up and she wants to go into critical care. So it's like, and then my grandmother was a nurse as well, but she did OJT because back when, back then women of color weren't allowed to like go to school and, you know, be nurse, you know, they did it differently. Wow. Um, but, she, but she did OJT. So she was a nurse because she trained as a nurse in the hospital under a doctor. Wow. <clears throat> and both your parents are veterans. So your, your mom, you yeah. said was a spec seven, right? She's like, she was Specialist not, seven. This like, that was before there was women NCOs. Is that what was happening? Women weren't allowed to wear hard stripes because they weren't considered leader. They weren't considered in leadership roles. They were in supplement um, support roles. What year was that? They couldn't, like, like what? what time oh my God! She went in. I think she said she went in and um fifty seven. Okay. Yeah, fifty seven. So she was in the WAC, the Women's Auxiliary Corps, and she said women didn't wear hard stripes because they weren't allowed to quote unquote push troops. That's what she told me. Hmm. I didn't look into it. That's just what she said. So she was a specialist seven. I was like, you were a specialist seven. That is crazy sounding to me. Mm-hmm. And then your dad, dad was, was a, was a retired E8, right? First sergeant. Yeah, he was a retired me. Yeah. He did two tours in Nam, one tour in Korea. Yep. Wow. Just a family of uh, public servants. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very, I'm very, very blessed. I came from a lot of, uh, a lot of good people. So one of the stories that inspired you to become a, uh, a nurse was specifically about your dad. Uh, so tell me more about that story. Oh, yeah, that's when I told you he, he died in the military hospital in the VA. Um, unfortunately, you know, because, and again, I have to be careful because of the law, um, the care he received led to an untimely death, you know, and this was cow year that, that, that this happened, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. It was very sad and disheartening. When Ingrid got me through it, that, I think I, as we were talking on the phone when we were talking about that, I saw a different side. Of, I saw the, the Newark side of Ingrid that day, and I've never seen the Newark side since. But So tell, yeah. me, so tell me about that. I mean, those, those friendships run deep, but especially your friendship with, with Ingrid runs really, really deep. So this is your prep school classmate, longstanding friend, and... She was there for you when your dad died. Did she did she know about your father passing before you did? Like what what happened? I had no idea because I was like I said I was in I was shell shocked. All I know is that when I got into the tax office, she was there. My mom was on the phone and so was Red Cross and again I may be remembering wrong. Inga would have to verify this cuz I was completely forlorn. Um and overwhelmed. You know, I was Cuz you were not expecting him to die. I mean, you knew he was in the hospital. No. He had been diagnosed. No, he had been diagnosed with yeah. with uh, with cancer, but this was a, yeah. a random sort of hospital related um, problem that caused him to yes. pass away prematurely. Yes, yeah. So I wasn't prepared for it at all. Um, not at all. You know, of course you're young. You don't expect that. And my dad was only fifty nine. That was young. Mm-hmm. You know? And especially now that I'm in my fifties, it seems really young. It is really young. <laughs> It's really young. Every day counts. We gotta make every day count. So then, so so then, this is a a bit of a of an of a tragic and and disheartening story. So, your TAC officer had something to say to you about that about about that at this time. So so tell me more about that. Yeah. So again, Ingrid would have to fill me in the details because I think she was more coherent during the conversation than I was. I was 
I was completely out of it. Not completely, but I was, I went in there totally expecting, you know, to get a DA-31 and, you know, hey, safe travels. You know, that's all I was expecting to hear. And then he started saying stuff that I was, I wasn't tracking. You know, he's like, well, I don't really think you should, you should go to your dad's funeral because your grades aren't that high. And then I remember Ingrid saying, what? You know, in her little New, her little New Jersey accent. <laughs> it's something like, oh, she's got a two million or whatever, whatever she told him. He looked up and he's like, oh, yeah, she does almost have a three out. And he was like, how did you not know that? Something to that effect. Again, I don't remember exactly what she said. I don't want to lie on her. And then he said, well, I don't think you should go because your PT test sucks. And he was like, what does that have to do with anything? Plus, she's got a 300 on the 17 scale. She, don't you remember in the brigade formation, she got a blah, blah, blah or something? And I'm like... And again, I'm shocked because I'm just waiting for DA31 and to leave, right? So he's giving all these excuses why I shouldn't go. And then he said something, and I hate to say this, especially on the podcast, and I'm not trying to be political or racial or anything, but the impression he gave me was it's just the dead nigger. And hopefully I don't offend anybody by using that word. And he just, and I don't remember specifically what he said, Ingrid might, but when he gave that uh, intimation, that hint that it was just the dead you know, person of color who will say Ingrid lost her stuff in that room. I was so scared. She was probably going to get thrown out of the Academy because she grabbed me. We're packing your stuff. You're leaving. I'm calling your sponsor. And then she, he, I don't know. She went off on that attack. I don't know if I should say his name on the air, but she went off on that dude. Mm-hmm. And she, and she is like, I'm, I called your sponsor. Let's get out of here. I'm signing you out. I'm signing you out unauthorized. We'll deal with it later. I mean, she, I'm so glad she was there because I don't even think I could have navigated a situation like that under that, you know, under, you know, my dad just died. You know what I'm saying? Wow. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't anticipated. I wasn't anticipating being met with, oh, it's just a dead black person. I was expecting, here's your GA31. I'm sorry for your loss. You know what I mean? It's amazing and disheartening to think that you had to go through that. I mean, it's not amazing. It's just it's disheartening. It's it's tragic. I'm I'm I just I can't even think about how that must have been. Um, but then, uh, so you were you were out for obviously a while, a while, and yeah. Then, and then you came back and you had a new tack. Well, yeah, when I came, so what happened is when I, before I came back, and I don't even know if that was related, is that's why Mr. Jansen, I mean, Major Jansen took over. But when I came back, I had a meeting, they had a meeting for me with all of my instructors. And they, they said that they had talked to this captain who was my tag. And again, I won't say his name because I want to get anybody in trouble. And um, so he says to me, they all say to me, we don't appreciate what he did. We heard what he said. We're, we've got your back. We're rallying around you. Here's the rubric for all the tests. This is what you need to study. And I was like, what? You know, they're like, this is what you need to focus on to pass your TEEs. And that's all they said. So mm-hmm. they didn't cheat or anything, but they, you know, because, and then they all shared with me, they had a meeting and this particular tax said, if she fails her TEEs, I'm going to recommend separation. Mm. And my, and, and my instructor's, did not agree with that. Like she, cause you know, I had just lost my grandmother, my dad, and then my granddad. That's why I almost, cause they gave me the option to be a December grad and not come back, you know, since I had had so many mm-hmm. deaths. Mm. Um, 
And his stance was, well, if she wants to come back, that's fine. But if she sells out, I'm recommending separation. And the professors rallied around me and they made sure I got, you know, I knew, they knew what I needed to do to pass my test. So I was really proud of the uh, academic program there for that. And while you were there, you also got a call from your brigade tech and from uh, General Gordon, right? Yeah, they called my mom, yeah. Wow. Yeah, see, I think because something I had, Yeah. Because I, Ingrid signed me out unauthorized. You know, mm. she had had it with them. She's like, well, I don't care about your deed. We're out. Mm. <laughs> Jersey, look, South Jersey in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Newark, Newark stood up that Newark, day, huh? <laughs> yeah, it sure did. It sure did. And so, and so then Major Jancic comes onto the scene, and now he's your he's your new tack for the balance of your yeah. time there. And uh, yeah, we don't know for sure if this was directly related to that, but I would like to think that it was. I mean, I I, I know that racism exists everywhere in society and systemic and unconscious bias and all those kind of things. But something like this that is so abject, it's got to just be eradicated. And I hope, I hope that in today's military it would be i know that there's always you know a few instances of you know i mean the, the military is a reflection of society and society is certainly imperfect but i think that the military and the army i hope will have taken steps to eradicate this kind of stuff um and we were talking before on the on the phone call like whether you thought from your perspective I mean, which is a you know this is a, a perspective you know of a of a person of color who's a woman you know do you think the military in west point are are better or worse than the rest of society when it comes to racism? I think it's better because it's it's a controlled burn, for lack of a better word. <clears throat> it's a controlled burn. You know what I mean? Right. And, and and there's there's a lot of oversight. So if something happens, like it gets elevated, you would hope to the point where it can be addressed. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I felt like um, in the military, as long as you did your job and you were honorable for the most part, you know, it was pretty fair. I did have, um, when I was at Fort Lewis, I did have one of my friends, and he was a good friend of mine. Um, I won't say his name, but he was a white captain. And he told me, don't you feel bad that you took a slot at West Point from a competent white male? Mm. And, and me and him were good friends. And I remember telling him, dude, if that's how you feel, what does everybody else think about me? <laughs> yeah. I can't, I, 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 I have no words for that. So as, so what did it mean for you? I mean, this past year was a pretty significant year. I mean, we, we have a Surgeon General who is an African-American female three-star general yeah. who grew up in foster care. We have yeah. a superintendent who is, I think he may be the first African-American superintendent. I might be wrong about that, but I think he is. And then yeah. we had our first female person of color, African-American person of color brigade commander. What, what did that mean for you? When, and we all, we've also got, you know, I mean, the small thing. I mean, not a small thing, but, you know, big recognition of the new barracks at West Point were for General uh, Benjamin O. Davis. So what does it mean for you from your um, from your history at West Point? Like, what, like when, when they announced that Cadet Simon uh, uh, Simone Askew yeah. was, was the um, brigade commander, what, what did that mean for you? The first thing that it meant to me was, of course, I was so proud of, um, you know, um, my 
you know, the calm for making that decision because I love that if you looked at the whole brigade staff and the whole regimental staff, it was very diverse. So I was just so proud because as a country, we can't go anywhere unless we advocate for each other. And so I love that he was, you know, being an ally and putting allegedly the people, the best people in the job for the job instead of looking at gender or race or any of that. I thought that was really forward of West Point. And I was so proud to call that school my alma mater when that happened. I really was. Because it wasn't just her. I mean, if you looked at the whole staff, they had Orientals, Hispanic, people from Puerto Rico. I mean, did you ever look at the entire brigade staff and the regimental staff? No, well, I did hear that that of the top, like, I don't know, I think three of the four brigade commanders were women and, you know, five of the top six graduates were women or something. I, but I didn't, I yeah. didn't see the diversity of the brigade staff. Yeah, the diversity was amazing. Mm-hmm. And so, and I was just so proud, you know, I was like, look at us setting the standard. And what made it more important to me was that they set the standard in a post-racial America where right now we are just on some BS as a country. Yeah. You know? there, so I, there is yeah, certainly so I a lot of tension. Thing. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 yeah. I, I, I am proud that West Point is there on the cutting edge leading, leading that, like kind of making, Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, nobody would have expected that you'd have this, you know, tragedy, um, in, um, Charlottesville at the same time that we were announcing the same month, we were announcing opening Benjamin O. Day, uh, the Benjamin O. Davis barracks, but it happened. That was at the same exact time, same exact month. And so yeah. it's cool that we were able to be on the other side of these terrible stories. So I am so glad because, you know, I think we get caught up in media and we get caught up in hype. And just like what you're doing with this old um, grad podcast, it's not even that deep. We're all just human beings trying to live our life and make it for, you know, the majority of us, 91 people now, make it to age 50, get our kids through college, you know, love on our aging parents. I mean, it's like somehow we've allowed politics to enter our um our daily lives. I think it's the evil, the evil thing, Facebook, which is also the good thing that's allowing us to have this this podcast. But it's amazing the the, the grip that social media has on us. But let's try to not be political again. I'm I'm, I'm going to call. I'm going to throw in the uh, the uh, no politics flag. Not that this is political, but I want to I want to get that's back. Cool. To, so understood. <laughs> you were one of the hundreds of our classmates upon graduation that went to uh, Korea, I believe. Right? Was that your first I duty did. station? Yeah. It was. Uh, where were you stationed there? I was stationed first at Camp at Camp Edwards West, and then when they closed the DMZ to demilitarize the zone, I went to Camp Nimble, Wait. which is right outside of Camp Casey. I was in Camp Nimble too. We, we, oh, hold on, hold on. Well, we were there. We, we were there at the same time, but I don't think we were in this at Camp Nimble at the same time. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I wasn't at Camp Nimble. I was in the other one that was right next to Camp Nimble. What was the name of it? Good God. Well, there was uh, Dong Dushan. What was that? Camp Casey was there. It was Camp Nimble, and then I was on Camp Nimble, too, but Camp Nimble had two, like Camp, you had A and B, I was on the B one. Okay. Because we had all the um, the trucks, I had all the heavy trucks. The Hemets, right? The Hemets, yeah, and the Hets. Wow. That was fun. I mean, I remember, I, that was one of the best duty assignments, I think, especially because, you know, you're young and you're single and you've got, you know, nothing but training and mission in front of you. But that was a good, good time. So what do you recall, like, 
So you went to OBC. You, you what was your what was your MOS out of West Point? Are you a transporter? Um, no, I was quartermaster. Quartermaster. Okay. And then, so when did you get to Korea? Did you get there by the fall of '92 or? I got no? there in February '92 after me, me and Ingrid went to jump school together. <laughs> oh, that's right. We talked. To, so you were at jump school picking up a bunch of us when we were in ranger school. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's yes. Right. There was a bunch of people that they told you know they told us when they, you guys were getting off meaning or got in our little Corollas and went and picked up a bunch of you guys and took them to dinner and let them shower and sleep and whatever. Were you stationed at Fort Benton? Oh no, you were at the OB, you were at uh, jump school. So you were in the uh, you were in the uh, OBC or at the, what the hell's the name of that the uh, officer barracks. Yeah, our our memory is getting really good here. James. No, no, no. <laughs> Boq, boq. Yeah, we were at the BOQ. I had a couple beers and, tonight. That's my that's my. Yeah, and then Ingrid, Ingrid, Ingrid's behind had a bad cigar roll when she jumped out the plane. Oh my god! And you know how you're in, you know how you're in formation and you're in formation and you're supposed to stand until everybody finishes their jumps. And I'm running out to the dead going, what do you call it? The jump zone. And I have my arms out. I'm trying to catch drop her. Zone. Yes, drop zone. I'm trying to catch Ingrid. The black. You know, the black hat is screaming at me, yelling, you know, what are you doing, Alpha Force? It's get back in line. And I'm trying to snatch the megaphone from him because I'm trying to tell her what to do. This was like, I'm telling me to Ingrid have so many comedic stories. It's ridiculous. We get together and there's like, I don't know what happens in our life. She, so I'm running around there trying to catch Ingrid as she's because I'm looking at the cigar roll. She had just a little bitty poof. And I'm thinking she's going to die. So I decide I'm going to catch her as oh she falls God. from this plane. Yeah, that was my bright idea. Did- and then, of course, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, it was really ridiculous when I look back on it. And of course, you know, the trainers are yelling at me like, what are you doing, Alpha? What are you on our drop zone? <laughs> I'm trying to catch Ingrid. They're like, really, though? Get her. You know, they're yelling and screaming at me, but I didn't care. I was determined to catch her. I didn't quite catch her, but she hit that ground so damn hard. And then I'm scared. I'm running to her. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm yelling and screaming. And then she gets up. She's like, I'm fine. I'm like, are you sure? Because she rung her bell when she hit that ground. Woo. I know for a fact I got a concussion when I when I did when I was in jump school for sure I hit I hit my head so damn hard <laughs> I was always the last one out of the plane and the first one on the ground That's yeah. how that works Yeah yeah law of physics you're probably you're probably coming down nice and like nice and light you know here comes here comes Lieutenant Washington like she's probably like just slowly heading down I'm just coming down like a sack of potatoes yeah, like, a lead boom. balloon Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Real talk. Matter of fact, they were yelling at me to pull my risers. They put extra weight in my stuff because I wasn't falling fast enough. Um, that was scary because I was hanging out. It took me like five to seven minutes to hit the ground. And I hit the ground like if you dropped some cotton. I didn't even fall hard. No PLF needed. Hmm. We Look have... at what she said. Ingrid said, Ingrid said, I had no idea I was in cigar roll. I landed hard but didn't realize I was in trouble. No, she did not. Uh. <laughs> We have a couple other comments here. I guess it was at Camp Hovey. Is that where you were at Camp Hovey? Or was it Camp um, I was at Camp Edwards West. So, yes, I supported Camp Hovey, and I okay. supported anyone on the BMZ. I remember Tony Vasile was up there. Uh, you know, we had quite the crew up there. Brent Crabtree was there, too, with us. In Camp, yeah. mm-hmm. Camp Humphreys yeah. was mentioned also. Camp yeah. Humphreys. Camp Humphreys, yeah, another place, yep. Yeah, and I went to, what was that called, NPRC? I, took, I had to take all their heads. And their vehicles to and from MBRC. That I work with Dan Clevenger, all of them guys. 
I had to take them to and from the field all the time. Oh, Dan was yeah. So Dan was in my in my uh, battalion. So you took mm-hmm. you took from my. I was the engineer battalion, but I didn't have any equipment. I was like, I had plenty of equipment, but we didn't use it. We just walked right out the gate with nothing to support. Yeah, because I remember because I remember you because Dan had the Mitlick, so he had right. to me what the Mitlicks were, and I better not damage them. And I'm standing there looking at my okay. You know, I'm not in the business of destroying military equipment, but thanks for all the info. <laughs> the guy that took over the platoon after Dan, I forget his name. He was like an ROTC guy. He ended up, not the Micklick, he had the AVLB, the uh, which is the mm-hmm. uh, this big-ass bridge. Landing he, bridges. Yeah, oh, I remember them. And so he didn't get the permit to take it out at like 4 in the morning like you're supposed to. He likes like, shit, I forgot to get this thing. So he just like, 9 o'clock in the morning, he's just driving it right downtown and ended up taking out like a like a bunch of traffic lights and a, and a little store. <laughs> that ended up being a <laughs> big story. That was on the news. That made the... Uh, that made the uh, AKO news. That's for sure. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, Korea was a great time. And so, where'd you go after Korea? Um, after Korea, I went to Fort Lewis in Washington State. Mm-hmm. And I was in, and again, you're, oh my poor little memory. I think I was in the sixth. I was a a field, um, a field platoon leader there, petroleum platoon leader. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I can't remember what unit I was in. Avia support group, sounds right. And then from there, I became XO, and then I commanded a company. It was a 590. Oh, my God. I had the worst command in the world. I had a bunch of drug dealers, rapists. It was, I learned so much about UCMJ. I had my own, like, military, private, you know, MPI person assigned to me. Really? We had to get... We had soldiers that weren't soldiers that had to be in my unit because that's how bad it was. You know, they you thought they were soldiers, but they were really like undercover kind of people. Oh, <clears> like <throat> the uh, CID. I guess that's what they were. I don't. I right. I didn't handle them, and they didn't tell me who they were. They just told me that I had under. You know, that I. They told me they were in the unit. They didn't tell me who they were. Wow. And and man, when we finally busted them. It was the saddest day. We had tables full of weapons I had never even seen. We had AK-47s. Oh, my God. We had, I mean, when I tell you the assault weapons that we had, and I'm just sitting there like, you know, I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to get a, a bottom block for this damn command. That's all I remember thinking. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, the, like, yeah. you know, the the you don't always have the ability to, to weed out the bad apples in the recruiting process. I think, And there's also, there's plenty of... Plenty of these crazy ass judges who say, you know, I'll give you your sentence, or you can go join the army, and then they end up joining the army, and then we end up getting these like nut jobs. Yeah, I had two people that were before we deployed. They were deploying. One was a and let me get the words right: a blood and a crib because Fort Ord or something in California closed down, and that was. And I'm not a gang affiliated, but it was some country. You know, it was like blood, crib, whatever. Anyways, they killed they. One killed the one before we were getting ready to deploy. Wow. And I'm like, really? We got gangsters? You know, I was completely, you know, when the MPI was investigating or asking me questions, I was just flabbergasted. I'm like, Wait, so they, I, I, have this, I have a question here real quick, not to interrupt you, Monique, but, and, and either two of you, please answer this. Uh, do you find that this is becoming... Um, or have you heard of it becoming more commonplace where alternate to prison sentences and serving in military, is that an actual viable option 
for someone uh, nowadays? Well, is, I think, you know, it, it depends upon, ge- like, geographically, there is, like, more or less sort of, like, you know, latitude that a judge may have. Mm-hmm. But I, I know for a fact I had two soldiers who were got in trouble, and I found out that they were, like, in this kind of alternate program to go into the military, and they ended up being bad apples in, in the Army. Really? Yeah, so I think it's... It, you know, there's not a program. It's not like a formal program. Like, hey, let's recruiting command. Let's go take all these guys that are, you know, in juvie or something, and let's bring them in. But it, it does happen. These judges think, oh, you know, you know, Joe Schmo can get his shit together if he went into the military, mm-hmm. and so you end up with some of these, you know, head cases that can happen. I'm, I would not be surprised. Well, we have what's called PTI, pretrial intervention programs, in, uh, and well, I'll say at least at New Jersey, I'm aware of, where you can avoid jail time, uh, a sentence. Uh, for, and we're not talking misdemeanors. We're talking about you know some crimes that are of a severe level. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just know it's been thrown around that from everywhere, from from you know felonies to illegal immigration and gaining your citizenship, serving in the military for you know so many years. And uh, I was curious if that was an you know an option on a national level or on states that you were. No, aware there's of. no formal program. I think it's just a bunch of you know like. You know, crazy judges who think that this is the right thing to do. Okay. Um, but and you know, case by case, it could be. By the way, I just posted the number to call into on the on the on the comments feed. So, because uh, we're we're believe it or not, in, uh, Monique, we've been speaking for over an hour. Forty-eight minutes. I, no, more than yeah. that. More than that. An, over an, an hour, hour and four minutes. Oh, yeah, an hour and five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Huh? it just goes so fast. Like, yes. like, like we, we were concerned about, like, we have enough to talk about, whatever. Like, it just goes so fast. But um, the number's there. If somebody wants to call in and, and speak to Monique Washington and to me, uh, you can call in. But we'll continue to go through some of these other topics. But I put that out there. If somebody wants to give a call in... Uh, Ingrid would be awesome to hear from. I was going to say, Ingrid, that'll carry the program to three or four hours. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. My partner in crime. Yeah. She said, earlier in this this thing, she said that you guys once drove out of a gas station and ran out of gas in the gas, like driving out of the gas station. How'd you pull that one off? Well, hold on. I'm sorry. Hold that thought, Jamie. I'm going to answer this call. We have a caller calling in. That's it. I'm going to try to add them to the uh, group call and go ahead and say hello and welcome. Hello. Welcome to the Old Grad Podcast. Who, who do we have on the line? This is Scott Clementson. Hey, Scott Clementson. He's our hey, next hey, guest. Scotty. Hey, how's it going? Scott's going to be our next Pretty guest. Pretty good. So Scott's a fellow prepster. Yes. And, and Scott, you were in uh, Korea too, I think, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I was. I got over there uh, New Year's Eve of '91. Spent it drinking in the bowling alley at Camp Casey. Nice, nice. So, what are your what are your favorite uh, what are your favorite memories of, with uh, Cadet uh, Monique Washington or Lieutenant Monique Washington or Captain Monique Washington? <laughs> oh, dear. How many? The, can, I'm not sure if I can share my rough favorite rider. memories or the Rough Rider. No, don't. Yeah. Just keep in, keep in, keep in mind, Facebook Live audio has a limit of four hours per broadcast. Okay, so yeah, we're not going to be on that long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah no. To riding motorcycles. <laughs> hold, hold that thought. Hold that thought. We can add more calls. Okay. I have another call All coming right, in. See. You want to go on a three-way yeah. here? Let's, let's see. See if we. All right. Uh, the call, uh, call quality isn't good. No, we, we we shouldn't be. Hello. What's your name and where you're calling from? Hi, this is Ingrid. Calling <laughs> Ingrid. Uh, <there> <laughs> 
Hello, Jamie. Hey, how are you? How's everything? <laughs> Everything's going great. I'm enjoying this so much. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's good. All right, so you have Monique, Scott, and Ingrid on the phone. Right, right, right. Yeah, the, the prepster. The, the three prepster crew. Yeah, the prepster crew. That's right. Yes, <laughs> we are. <laughs> I was looking at the shout out there was giving you Ingrid for uh they said here that you were you were hazing the tax. <laughs> I know uh, yeah, you know, it's funny that it's all a blur, but I was a little bit upset with just the notion of not letting this cadet go home to their dad dad's funeral, just you know, just the the emotional state that she was in at that time, you know, just to expect her to continue to march. So I was like, No, that's not happening, not today. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And then and then I told Jamie you had a, unfortunately a similar experience with your mom when you were at Fort Polk. I did. My tack and my um colonel, my battalion commander was a West Pointer and he was he was a he was not a nice guy, but again, I think that only comes out in terms of that Jersey girl, the Newark girl, when in those situations because I let him have it and I was home <laughs> you know, arranging <laughs> my mom's funeral. The next day, you know, mm. but unfortunately, you know, but it's my best friend, my mom passed away, but, and I had to deal with that. So, yeah, I just don't understand just the notion of this is somebody's parent. This is not something to say, oh, well, you know, you can leave in a day or two. No, I'm leaving right now. <laughs> yeah, there are some, I mean, this is not, this is not a similar, anywhere near similar kind of a situation, but I remember at, um, at OBC, a bunch of us failed land navigation, and it was, you know, some bullshit land navigation thing. And I failed it. John Buck failed it, who's your company mate, Monique. Yeah. And, yeah. And so so I was I could not leave, and it was my grandparents' 50th wedding anniversary, and they're having a big party, and I missed that because I had to do land navigation, which I'm st- I still, I can think of this, this, this company commander, like, how in the hell does that really matter that I'm going to miss... You know, land navigate like I could do that any other time to make right. this up. You know, but the exactly the ultimate thing was John Buck. His sister was getting married, and he missed his sister's Ugh. wedding for land nav. Wow, I mean that yeah. is insane. I mean now for that a training land nav. I know, I know. It wasn't like your call to war. It was just, again, yeah, it was a training exercise. Yeah, there's some ah. stupidity that happens out there in the army, but for the most part, it's good, right? Yeah. For the most part. So, so Scott, good to hear from you. You're, uh, you, uh, I, I saw that you were recently in, I think, in Italy or something. Is that what your your daughter was there in Italy? Did she live there or something? Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, I don't want to take a, I don't want to take away from Ingrid and Moni. I, you know, I, I think I'm just drop off. Let them let those two catch up because that's much more interesting. Well, we're no, gonna, we catch up all the time, Scott. <laughs> Me and Ingrid visit each other all the time. How's Chloe? Yeah. Hello. Chloe's yeah, doing Chloe. great. Thanks for asking. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's doing great. Yeah. She's a freshman at the University of Iowa. She's so beautiful. Awesome. She is a Oh. Oh. Well, thank you. Yeah. You guys are very kind. <laughs> well, Scott, we're going to... She takes after her mom. We're going to... Scott's going to be... <laughs> Scott's an upcoming guest for the Old Grad Podcast. Scott's our class president. Yeah, so yeah. So we're going to so. get a, a good chance to so. catch up with Scott. Well, sure. hopefully it's not on the day yeah. I have to work. I'll try to sneak on the phone, sneak in the bathroom or something. 
Well, you can always catch it. This, this, right. What a great segue, Mooney. Just, just teen it up for me because you can always catch it uh, on the replay, which is also on Facebook, but also on Podbean. So you go to Podbean, you do a search for Old Grad Podcast, and up pops uh, the various different episodes that we've had here. So um, we have Scott. We have Scott coming up as an upcoming guest, and then uh, after that. Uh, we have a mystery guest, which is going to be at the AUSA. I'm trying to figure out who that's going to be. I have some, I have some high-profile people that uh, are very busy. Uh, we'll see if we can manage to get onto their schedule. And then we also, uh, after that, we're going to go on the road again, uh, going to Carlisle Barracks. And we have a bunch of classmates that are there. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. That may be a, that may be the last and final old grad podcast because I know that's going to be like a shit show of drinking and all kinds of craziness. <laughs> antics. So hopefully I survive. Go 91, that. doing it big, getting it done. 91. Yeah. So this we is got really awesome, Jamie. That you thought of this. This is really awesome of you to yeah. to create and and execute all of this. So awesome. Thank you for this. Well, New Jersey. That's your New Jersey boy. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm just I'm grateful to my friend Joe here, who's got this podcast studio, and I, I, I it makes it easy and taught me how to do this stuff. So thank you, Joe. This is well, anytime. Thank you, thank yeah. Hey. Thanks. Joe. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Joe. Yeah, uh, Joe. Thanks a lot. The least I can do for those who have served our country. <laughs> you know, even though doing 175 up the uh, 95 and uh, these, these antics that you guys uh, pull, uh, you know, you guys deserve all yeah. the respect for your service to this country. I yeah. I will say that. Thank you, because without it. The freedoms that we have today, we wouldn't be able to enjoy them. So, so wait, listen. Oh, while, while I have you guys on, before, okay. before we forget, Jamie, you mm-hmm. were um, he was asking the story about running out of gas. I'll let Ingrid oh. tell that. Okay. At the gas station. Go ahead, Ingrid. Oh, so we're with the Rough Rider gang. It's like a family union. All all the families of Texas meet in Austin, Texas. So we're on at least forty or fifty bikes. Monique's hurt, so I fly in so I can drive her around to be with everyone. And we're in a parked car for at least an hour at a gas station with all of these bikes. So now it's time to go on the ride. So all the bikes fall out, and we pull out. We get less than, you know, maybe not even a half mile, and we're on the gas. <laughs> we on, on the motorcycle? The on the mo- no, we were in the car. In the oh, car. in the car, okay. And, you know, there for at least an hour waiting to go on the ride. So the ride starts and all the motorcycles pull out. Then we pull out. We, pull out and we get, you know, right down the street from the gas station. And we're on the gas. It's like, wow. wow. It's so bright. We've been sitting in a gas station for an hour. I know. <laughs> I know. I know Mark Potter. My, are, do you guys know Mark Potter? Uh, Prepster Mark Potter. You know him, right? Basketball yes. player. Yes. From California. This guy was such yes, a space yes. cadet. He was. He's. He was like so clueless. He actually filled up uh, a car with diesel one time. <laughs> <laughs> How do you do that? The spigot won't fit. Normally. Yeah. No, I don't know what he did. He's just. He probably won't fit. I'll jam it in there or go get a funnel or something. Wow. He filled. Yeah. He filled up his car with diesel. No good. Yeah, no good. No good. No, Mark Potter, Potsy. 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 <laughs> He's <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. So uh those are some those are some good stories. You know, I have to say I like Sean Crowley told me this one time. He's another one of our classmates. Like, we are very blessed to have so many such tight friendships. Like, you know, he said I can you know, his father said to him you know, 
if you have two or three friends that, that are like super close to you, you know, you're very blessed in life. And he said, I have like two handfuls of, of very close friends. And I, I, I think that I look at the relationship that you two ladies have. And I think that is a very special relationship going all the way back to the first day. Age of, 17 and a half. Age 17 and a half. That is, right. that is, that is amazing. And, um, and Ingrid, I saw your awesome video. That was so cool. Your 50th birthday video. Very, very cool. I know. I, and I didn't even know oh, yeah. to anybody's arm. It was very impromptu. The only thing that wasn't impromptu was the t-shirts that, um, because all four kids, four different schools, all with the lion as their main stat to Dawkins Pride, you know, with the lion face. That's where that came from. But other than that, I didn't have to, we just got a, um, got the phone out and, um, you know, we played a song about a birthday and I just, people started dancing and I would just come in and dance with them. So my daughter edited all of that, all of that and put it together. <laughs> That's cool. So that's a great family memory. Thank you. So it it's, it's good to have kids that have technical skills to put something like that together, right? All the, the videos. <laughs> yes. So very impromptu in terms of how the video came together. But yeah, it was fun. You have a beautiful um, family. You have a beautiful family. Yeah. Oh, thank you. They, they are, and I love I love her kids. They are so, she's got the best kids in the world. They are like superstars. Matter of fact, all you West Pointers have superstar kids. I don't know what the heck's going on with you guys. It's like watching, I don't know, celebrity West Point children on the Facebook sometimes. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. Not, not always, but. Uh, <laughs> you said not always. You're not seeing the, I'm not seeing the inside. No, I might, yeah. I, I'm very. You only get the good. You only get the good stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. And then, hey, Jamie, you're asking me about other people. So I see Sika quite often when I go to DC, and then Colleen lives three hours except for for me here in Dallas, and then um, Mickey Olsen lives two exits up. Well, three. They both live one. One lives one direction. One lives the other. But they're about both ten minutes from me here, and so I see both of them regularly, and I see Sika more often. Ironically, than I see even even Mickey or, or Colleen because I'm usually in D.C. more often, uh-huh. and I'm off. You know, when I'm in D.C., I'm out at work, and you know, and I usually go by and see her. So, what are they up to? Um, Colleen is working for a contractor that does sends tires to the Middle East, and she's you know just raising her babies, loving on her kids. Her daughter just graduated from college, wow. and then Sika, her son, just one of her sons just graduated from college, and the other one's still in. And then um, Mickey, like me, she doesn't have any kids, but she's a, a power hitter here at UT Southwest. She does project management. So, you know, everybody, Ingrid, all them, they're doing their thing, man. I didn't realize, you know, Colleen McCabe, I was thinking, I think I, I was walking through Arvin Gym getting my stupid football pass for the, stupid, for the, for the uh, game, and she's in the Hall of Fame. She's a yes. West Point Hall oh, of yes. Fame. Yep. Amazing stuff. She was, yeah, I did not know that. I did not realize that when we were there as cadets. That's so she was like yeah. a was she a pitcher or something like that. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. Her ball was what was it like sixty nine or seventy nine miles an hour, and no one has broken her record since. She set a world record and has yet to be broken. Wow. I know. So now, Sika was your other class. So did they have all three of you guys together in the room? You're always in a triple. Um, we wore either in a triple or a double, and then I got on their nerves, so I got a single. I got to live by my oh. by my little asshole self. You did. <laughs> you had a bachelor. You had a bachelor oh. pad. That's nice. 
Yeah, that worked exactly. out pretty well for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I can, I can, I can see Monique taking up a lot of space in one of those rooms, saying, "Listen, yeah. you know, you, this is the way it's going to be. If you don't uh, like it, get the hell out." Yeah, yeah. I got my NRA no. sticker. Get out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they don't want you packing no, heat and checking the checking the firing pins on the weapons. Make yeah. sure there was fi- firing pins. In there. No, I just liked it quiet, and they liked music and stuff like that. So it wasn't a always the greatest fit. But we loved each other. That's great. Did you start with uh, just three, or did you start with more than three in your company? We started with four. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. What was that girl's name? She, They gave me her as a roommate, and she peed in the sink in her what? bed. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> She was so afraid of leaving the room. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of sink peeing going on. Please, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there was, there was a few. A few yeah, uh, how long did she last? I mean, uh, did she? Um, <laughs> well, she didn't last <laughs> after she became Sika's roommate, because, you know, the second semester they swapped, and they gave me and Colleen were roommates, and Sika, and I won't say her name, almost did, were roommates, and, and Ms. Schwartz was not having it. She went straight to the tech and said, this is a no-go at this station. <laughs> this girl needs help. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah. How many How many African American female cadets were in our class? What do you think? What was that number? We do you have a number? Started, yeah, we started with eighteen. Really? And we ended with seven. Yeah, we started with eighteen, like you know, day one, our day, and we ended with seven. Wow, that's a huge number. Wow. Right. So. I, yeah, uh, was wow. I mean, the for women for a class Monday morning was higher than most, though. I think we started, we, we lost like two-thirds. Instead of one-third, we lost two-thirds of the women that year. I think. I think we started out, I, I might be really wrong with numbers, but let's say we started out with 50 and we started with 50, something like that. I'm, I'm it, but, you know, it was something crazy mm-hmm. that was a high attrition rate for our class in particular. They were trying wow. to figure that out. I wonder- oh, that's right, because you were with the outreach, right, Ingrid? Right. It was, yeah, so there was something specific that was different about Class of 91 that was a little that was a little higher than the classes right around us, than, like, say, 90, 90 or 92 or something like that. Except for, I know, 93, they lost uh, all but one of their African-American females. What? Really? There's just one yeah, African? Like- wow. I think it was, yeah, it was 93. While we were still there, that they were down to one, they well, were down to one after well, that graduated. Monique, we were talking about our classmate Nicole Glass, or you know, who she she left after two years um, mm-hmm. because she was basically told, you know, you you're not going to be, this is not the easy path to become a physician uh, going through West Point. Yes, right? yes, yeah. So she packed up well, and she's left. She's a physician now. Yeah, yeah. she's a physician <laughs> now too. So she pursued her and, and accomplished them. So, my daughter, my daughter was at Girl State this past summer, and one of the people that was leading Girl State was a was an officer, a Naval Academy uh, graduate officer, and they said to her, because my daughter's one of her interests is to become an Army doctor, and they said, do not go to West Point. That is not going to help you. Like you're better off going to civilian school and then and then trying to pursue getting into the Army as a civilian to become a doctor. So, so it's still right. the story's still the same. Stories, according to her, it is. Yeah, right. That makes sense, though. But even though they do now have 
at least they have like body sciences there. Like they do have kinesiology now. Like I think they, I think they can take biology. I know they have kinesiology. That was a new thing. Like the study of movement in the body. There were no body sciences there when we were there. So yeah. the fact that they even have that is a step. What did you major in, in Ingrid? That direction. I majored in graduation. Major. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we all? Let's just keep it there. Yeah, so like dead, dead ass. I just wanted to graduate. <laughs> Except Monique. You know, Monique, 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 Monique majored in high speed pursuits. No, yeah. No, but... <laughs> hey, you know, speaking of which, yeah. we're trying to open up a nursing program there at West Point, and we're we're finally getting heard. Wow, because there are several of our classmates who are nurses. We've talked about this a little bit, so I know Kami Ayanako is one, and. Uh, mm-hmm. Eric Pritchard. Eric Pritchard. Yep. Christine Chris, um, Crisillo. Mm-hmm. And, oh, there's a lot, of course, that escaped me as soon as I started naming them all. But, yeah, there's quite a few of us. There's like a whole affinity group or something, right, on Facebook? Or yeah, yeah. Know? Yeah, we have our own um, West Point Nurses Forum. And then and then we also have that Athena group that um, Ingrid knows about, that all the women, you know, we have our own West Point women's group where we support each other and have right. many women reunions and stuff. That's where you got those awesome shirts, right? Proud of my West Point Ranger sisters when they graduated from Ranger School. Yeah. 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 Bernita Russo is a nurse, too. I see that. Alex is saying that. Yeah. Um, we've got a lot of nurses, and um, it's it's a hard job. I want to say being a nurse is one of the hardest things I've ever done. I don't doubt it. I mean, I, I have seen... Having been through like tough situations with my father, who you know passed away three years ago, and he was not an easy patient, and I just I can't even imagine how difficult it could be. You were mentioning you were mentioning a story to me, Monique, when we were talking before about some old marine that you had. It reminded me of my mm-hmm. father a little bit, just just copping an attitude with everybody. My father was not a military person, but just copped an attitude with everybody in the hospital, like he owned the place yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, you just humble yourself, and like on my scrubs, I have this saying, it says, called by God to serve, mm-hmm. and and that's, I feel it was a calling, because I left a pretty decent job, making way more money than I'm making now, um, to do this, so obviously, God, this is, either he has a sense of humor, or he thinks I'm, I should be a nurse, or both, but I do love it. <laughs> You know, um, speaking of that, but it's kind of a kind of a good direction to end on here. Call to serve, right? So I think uh, you are an amazing person, Monique, and I'm grateful that you are somebody that I can call a friend and a classmate. And um, what a wonderful thing that you continue to serve as a as a nurse. And um, I'm so thankful for for all that all that you're doing and all that you've done. Um, I think we're all we're we're all blessed to have such great people in our lives and uh, great people are classmates and so I want to thank you for leading the way and showing us uh, showing us what it means to continue to serve. Any final well, thoughts? Thank you, and you're welcome. Any final thoughts from no. you or from Ingrid uh, on our old grad <laughs> podcast? And Scott's still on the line too. Oh, oh no, just I'm just happy to be here. Great, great to be a part of this, and just happy this is all happening. Hopefully, it'll again reach the goals that you've set. Mm-hmm. Cross participation and all the other um, goals that you mentioned before. Oh, you know what, Ingrid? Thank you for that F2. segue. Thank F2. you for that segue because F two, F two, we are at uh, a participation rate 
of 50, what is it, 50, where is it, 52%, 52%. So you guys are a little bit below the average. You're way behind the 91% goal, but we got years to cover that. But um, Monique, I know that you have generously given to West Point, and I want to thank you for leading the way like you do in so many other ways. And I'm hoping that you can help me kind of... um, uh, close, close ranks for people that need to step up and give some money. And I don't care how much money you give. I just want participation. I want to get to that 91%. And this is about just informing people and closing the loop. We're about to go out with, a, with our honor roll, which shows who's given, and, um, and also where we are participation rate. We're setting this up like the black, the gray, and the gold groups. And so we've got... Uh, Six companies in the black group. Company F1, company H4, company B2, which, Scott, I think that's your company, right? B2? Roger that. Yep, B2, 76%. Good job. Uh, it's a high zero because cool. you guys are not quite at 91. Uh, G2, A1, and D4. Oh, man, that's messed up right there. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are all in the black group. You're all in the black group. Uh, and with the exception of F1, everybody's still below the, gar- the, the, uh, the expected 91%. B1, company B1. What was B1? Mm-hmm. What, what was your motto, B1? Go barbarians. Go barbarians, right? Our barbarians are at 46%. So, uh, right. Ingrid, uh, I thank you for leading the way as well as a donor, and I am hoping that you can help sort of get some of those uh, B1, B1 people together to, uh, to step up and, uh, and meet our goals. So, I'll do my part. <laughs> all right, you do your part. So that if you if you do your part, that means what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna email you the list of people who have not given with their contact information, and you can send out a personal email saying, "Hey, step up, give some money." That would be great. And I don't. I'll do that. Give 19 bucks, 1991. That's all I care about. Like that's a good number. That's, that's yeah, 1991. Yeah. 19 dollars, 91 cents. I mean, who can't spare 20 bucks? You know, if or, you do that. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So anyway, uh, I think in closing, Scott's going to be on your next episode. You said, correct? Yeah, Scott's going to be on next week, the twenty third, okay. and then we take a two week break, and then we're going to be at AUSA on October seventh with the mystery guest, and then uh, October twenty first, we're going to be on location at Carlisle Barracks. Uh, so that's that's the plan for the next couple weeks. Okay. Awesome. So uh, Mo- Monique and Ingrid are—they are the uh, kind of Thelma and Louise of your of your. <laughs> of you might your, say that. Okay. You might say that. In, in a way, I'm you know in this situation. That's no I'm, exaggeration. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Scott will be in on the next. Uh, he'll be on the phone on the next show. Right. So uh, anything else in closing you would I, like? I to? just also like to say if, if any classmates have any other ideas of things that we should be talking about or other classmates we should be nominating to be part of this or other directions to take this in, I certainly would love to hear you know your your thoughts and ideas. This is really a combination of many people's ideas putting this thing together. And I'm just honored to be able to do it and to kind of, you know, pitch the idea of giving money to West Point, but also to connect with classmates and people that I love and respect. Now, one thing that we can do in the future 
is obviously have someone in studio. Yeah, so John Keenan is going to come into yes. the studio. Uh, yes. The crazy John Keenan. And that'll, give, question. Yeah. that'll give people uh, an ability or, or opportunity to call in and talk directly with, with him, him too, yeah. and you in the studio right. live here, which is a little bit more easier to manage in these uh, three-way conference calls that we right. have going on. Right. But uh, that, and also just a reminder that the... Uh, Old, uh, what is it? I, I still old grad podcast. Old grad podcast uh, can be found right here on the Facebook page. Uh, after the broadcast is over, it takes about five or ten minutes, and it'll be available. Also, if you go to podbean.com, podbean.com, and, and yep. you search for old grad podcast, old grad podcast, you can pull up those episodes about a day or two after this episode will be available on there. And as always, it also broadcasts live on DreamStreamRadio.com uh, when we do the show. Right. And, uh, do you, you can, run that on a loop at all? Does this ever replay? We're on going to. Now that we have some episodes under our okay. belt, we're going to be scheduling them to play. And when I get that scheduled date and time, I will let Jamie know and he'll post it on there so it can be heard there also. Okay. So. Well, this has been a blast. It's always time goes by so fast. Um, thank you for the people You're that welcome. have called. Uh, thank you for called. blessing our classmates, Jamie. Thank you for blessing our classmates. Well, it's, it's, I really enjoyed it. It's fun. And I want to call out a few other people here that were on the call tonight with us, too, that didn't call in but commented. Terry Rice and Brent Crabtree, Tony Rosillo, Kirk Swanson, uh, Brent Crabtree. Who else? I saw some other people here. Some other. And Terry Rice said a big shout-out to Army football. Oh, yeah. Beat Hawaii uh, this beat weekend. Beat Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some, some yeah. cool stuff about that. And then. We have a we have a just a, we have an easy game next week. I think we're playing Oklahoma, so that should that should go pretty well for us, hopefully. <laughs> All right, to our, to our to our guests on the phone, yeah, Monique. Uh, thank you for uh, participating in tonight's uh, podcast and yeah. broadcast, and to Scott and Ingrid. Also, we want to thank them for calling in. Yeah. And uh, uh, once again, the program will be available. Uh, Jamie, any last words to the guests? Just on the phone? Monique, you're such a rock star. I'm so I'm so honored to have had you on this on this uh, episode. You're the best. Oh, thank you. Love you, Ingrid. Love you, Scott. Good night. Good night, everybody. Love you, Monique. All right, thank you guys for calling in tonight. And Scott, you will be on the next uh, broadcast. So be prepared for that, ladies and gentlemen. Get your questions ready because you'll be able to. Uh, instant message in the uh, live Facebook audio broadcast. Any of your questions or suggestions, any info uh, for when Scott is on. Once again, this is available on Facebook Live audio within the next 15 to 20 minutes after the show ends and on pod, podbean.com. And our next in-studio in studio show is going to be... Next week. Next Sunday week. night. Okay, so, so we're going to do a week. Okay, yeah. so the 23rd, uh, beginning at uh, 9, 9 p.m. 2,100 yeah. hours for those 2,100 hours, types. exactly. Yeah. All right. And we will uh, put some information up on that uh, page to remind you the day or two before that the show will be, uh, that it'll be on. So yep. anything else you want to add in closing, Jamie? Nope, just hua. Thank you. All Duty right. shall be done. Thank you for joining us on this edition of the Duty Shall Be Done Old Grad Podcast. Please check back on this Facebook page for information about featured guests and upcoming episodes of the Duty Shall Be Done Old Grad Podcast.